You are listening to the weekly Great Covenants podcast hosted by Dr. Harlan. So why do we do what we do? We are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities. We share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms. This week we find out what the Center for the Future of Work is doing to make South Africa great. And with me is Professor Natasha Holzhausen, who is the recently appointed director of the Center. Good day, Prof. Tell us about yourself and the Center that you launched. Good morning, Dr. Clute. Good morning to all your listeners and thank you for having me. So a little bit about myself. I come from a political science background. I would say I'm a jack of all trades. So I have studied politics. I have have a PhD in public administration and management, but then I also have qualifications in education. So a little bit of everything. And I specialize actually more in ethics, but then also in terms of employability and graduateness. I remember the last time we spoke, you were doing research in the areas of corruption. Indeed, corruption, I'm always trying to make sense of it. And that is also why I've studied so many areas to try and find the answers. So yes, I currently also serve on advisory councils and also on the National Anti-Corruption Strategy Reference Group. So from studies in corruption to looking at the future of work, why was the center started and what is it that you hope to achieve through the center? So actually there were think tanks at the University of Pretoria and these think tanks already began in 2018. So they started talking and considering what could possibly be the future of work. You know, so in between we had um, the COVID-19 pandemic, which isn't over yet, but that hampered a bit the launch of the center. But then the center, we had a soft launch and online launch November last year and then in April of this year our heart launch. So what does the center do and what do we hope to do? Firstly, we want to consider what would the future of employment look like? And this obviously would have been implications on aspects which I know you yourself are very interested in, in terms of implications for human resources, labor law, policy that we work with, regulation. And that also includes decent work and work-life balance. I listened to one of your earlier podcasts and the mayor also there said that work-life balance is so important and that is really what we believe in the center as well. We also consider the future of learning. So what would be the implications specifically for higher education, curriculum, lifelong learning, making sure that people are retrained, reskilled or upskilled, even specifically our alumni. But then also what would be the psychological effect of work, the social and environmental impact of work. So that harmony between human beings and work. So work must become fulfilling again. How do we then as humans 
manage within all these different technologies and what are the trajectories of work. So that is what we want to achieve. So specifically then considering what does the future organization look like? What are, can I say, the makeup of our future employees or even our current employees? We feel very strongly that you can't just disregard current employees and even the aging workforce as well as the youth. Okay, so you touched on it earlier, but you know, for a lot of people, work is just a drag. It's such an unhappy space with conflicting egos. And if you look at local government specifically, you know, it's highly politicized. What are the competence that you think is needed in this future? You know, Holland, there are lots of studies that are being done in terms of competences. And it includes, obviously, the harder type of competencies. But the reality is that we would still have to be able to consider aspects such as technological competencies, but then also those social technical competencies. Because in the end, the the future of work is not a sci-fi movie. And although we are afraid of technology, we don't need to be afraid because we always, always manage to adjust. Think of the days when we didn't have cell phones and these days we can do everything on it. So everybody will adjust. But I think very strongly also in local government would be that ability to make data-driven decision-making. How can you be more autonomous? So apart from, I think, having more digitalization, you know, core competencies would remain. If you look at the workplace, you know, there's a culture of not really investing in training and development, you know, be it in the private sector and the public sector. So if we zoom in on municipalities, what should municipalities be doing right now to make sure that we prepare people better for this new place of work? So my perspective, though, is that a lot of training does happen, but it is not necessarily the correct training. We keep on rehashing the same type of training models, the same type of courses. So we need to start thinking innovatively. What we need to do is, as municipalities, we need to be forward thinking and then also consider what the future local government organization looks like. So as an organization, the sphere, what would it look like? What are the needs? And then start considering our people working within these municipalities, for example. Are they future fit? The people currently working in government, are they future fit? Not everybody needs to be a programmer. That is not the type of skills that we want for everyone. But will they be able to function within an agile organization? And the reality also is that we cannot keep on functioning in silos, Holland. We have to start working together because the more we function in silos, the less we are together, as I can say. So and it's literally together we do more. So having those honest conversations and then what does leadership look like? What are the work opportunities? You know, the government is the largest employer, but do we really need people that are not ready? And then how can we make them ready? In terms of your work, how this center operates, do you differentiate between public sector and private sector? Or is it a blanket approach to the future of work? Do you work on demand? How do you work? I almost want to say at this stage, we we do mostly work on demand. But about a month ago, we worked with Amazon Web Services. We, we offered a workshop 
or a working program. It wasn't like just a talk shop, specifically with government. So Amazon Web Services came to the party and we specifically worked with government. So it is kind of on demand and we are in our first year. But, you know, we're working with the Swedish Workplace Program. We work with SASL. So being from a public administration background, it's very important to me that no one is left behind. So on demand, but we are literally considering all the sectors and working together with all the sectors. I liked what you said earlier about the municipality asking themselves, are we future fit? And then looking at its own practices to see now, okay, what are the things that is likely to change? But municipalities will not arrive at that point on their own. You know, sometimes you have to be pushed or pulled. Do you see yourself playing that advocacy role as well? Absolutely. We have to create awareness. I think sometimes we are very reactive and not proactive. So we want to play a proactive, collaborative role. And also each municipality differs, you know, but there are certain characteristics that would remain the same. But I think really we would like to be the catalyst to assist, to help. And then if people are not prepared, see how can we, in partnerships with others, reskill, for example, our public servants. Okay, so recent studies have shown that the hybrid model of working is here to stay. People are now beginning to talk about a four-day work week. How ready are we for that, you know, this hybrid model? I think that with COVID, it has really taught us that we can adapt and that we can work. I am, though, not necessarily convinced that it would always be a four-day model because, again, organizations differ. And also remember that different jobs within organizations also differ. You know, so I would say let's also look at job descriptions. So it's definitely going to stay. But the question is, what does it look like? Again, what does the organization look like? And what are the requirements? So for some organizations, I know that a four-day work week can work. But for others, you know, some would say they are three days in the office and two days at home. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not working at home. You know, so there is still that element of working from home. And that also means that, you know, we have to be ethical and really work, you know, not go to shopping centers because after all, we're still on the company's tab. But I think also organizations could save potentially money by having more flexible work in place. I know of an organization who went from a 2,000 square to a 200 square because they are working hybrid. And it worked perfectly. I want to come back to something that, that you said now. You know, when I was in the Netherlands a couple of years back, the guy said that they watch the clock and not the time. So the traditional work day has changed. This nine to five doesn't really exist. And he says, you know, if you want to go to the shopping mall and go shopping, as long as you get the job done. So we work on our laptops at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. So this nine to five way of working has really changed. We are connected literally all the time. Your views on that? That has changed even before COVID. So yes, the work must get done. But I think if we do not cut off at some stage and say, okay, this is now enough, then we are encroaching in terms of work-life balance and harmony. You know, it's not good for us 
to be working 18 hours in a day. It's not good for us psychologically. And that is also important. So, so we also have as part of our team in the center, we have industrial psychologists also, you know, so, so we are really following a multi interdisciplinary and transdisciplinary approach. So I would caution against that. So also, yes, you can say I work better at night, but you know, the fact that with the technology, we are 24 seven available. I would say at some stage, switch off the technology. And yeah, we are completely into the future of work. We need that balance. And that is also why I should perhaps just mention, so the Center for the Future of Work, we actually do not really refer to Society 4.0. We refer to Society 5.0, which is a Japanese concept. And so the Japanese coined it and they say smart people in smart cities. But we actually say we want smart people that are in smart sectors. So it includes all of the sectors. That's our very interdisciplinary approach so that we have impact. We have that interconnectedness and intersectionality. So really just be mindful that within Society 5.0, we don't want people to get, I almost want to say, slaves of the clock, but say we need to take a break as well. Final question, you know, in South Africa, if I'm again zooming in on local government, it's really about fear and control and I must see you. How do we change this Basque mentality, specifically in the public sector? There is a tendency, I think, to, as you say, this Basque which is also that micromanagement. I think our leaders need to get to a point where we trust again. Even our society, so say your community in the apparel, where they would trust that as a public employee, you will do your work even if I don't see you physically. And the same should be in terms of our managers. So how do we ensure that we trust? It's also by showcasing ethical behavior, making sure that you stick to your deadlines, even if you are not physically at your place of work. So I I think we really need to reconsider a working model that is punitive and create fear. Thank you so much, Natasha, for your time. It was really insightful and we wish you well with the future of work as you every day work into the future. I think that should be our way of working as well. Every day working with a view of tomorrow and sustainability. Thank you. And let's all do work that matters. Thank you for having me. To the amazing and talented Great Governance Team, The Voice, Mpumilali, and producer Al Ontong, respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great, right where we are. If you loved what you heard, subscribe to our Great Governance podcast that is available free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And of course, 
Also on our HRD Governance Facebook page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Listen to learn.